theyeshiva.net. Good morning, good morning to one and all. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for gracing us with your sacred presence this morning. We are up to page Mem Ches in the Maim of Yadaita Moskva Tafresh Nun Zayim. A few lines before the new paragraph of Lahavin. Let's remind ourselves the key themes that have been explored and summarized. The Zayar says Hashem Hu Elikim means that Hashem and Elikim are one. This Mimer wants to understand what that means. Apparently, they are very different, and not only very different, but opposite. Shem Yutke Vafke is the representation of what we call Gilui, the power of expression. Shem Alekim is the representation of Kayechatzimtzum, the power of concealment, of restriction. Shem Alekim comes in multiple, it's, 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 identi- it's the only shame, the only name of Hashem that is, uses the plural form, not a leka, but a lekim, which really means God, more than one, gods, like a lekim judges, a lekim are many rulers. And the reason is because there's one Hashem, but that's the point that Shem Alekim is what allows for the diversity of existence, for the hischalkas, for the visibility. Shem Havaya, Yudke Vavke, is the source of Eir. As he said, Eir, the divine Eir, when we use the word Eir, what do we mean by Eir? We mean an expression of the pristine source of the light, which is undefined, infinite, and indivisible. That would be manifested in Shem Yudke Vavke. No world would be able to exist because each world is based on two qualities, yesh and gvul, identity and finiteness. So the oir has to, so to speak, be filtered, harnessed, channeled, restricted, curtailed, mitigated, diluted, compromised. Guided. Guided, okay. It wasn't part of the the words that were coming up, but guided. And... uh, tailor-made, custom-made to the keli, to the vessel, and in each world, each world has its own unique kalim. Each creature has its own unique kalim. Each existence within each world has its own unique kalim, which means vessels, containers, receptacles to be able to contain the air and do two things, limit it and reveal it. And the two are really dependent on each other by limiting and uh, concealing the infinity of the Ur, or the pure infinity of the Ur, it can actually now do its second purpose, which is reveal the Ur, but reveal not the full infinity of it, but reveal that which the Kali is designed especially to reveal, to contain, to manifest, and to express, so that the universe, the world, the cosmos, the creature, the existence, receiving the earth through this keli, can actually function and be what it is supposed to be. And everything in the world is thus a marriage of earth and keli. And this has been explored relatively at length, with the ultimate question that the two 
are opposite. They are polarities. They are paradoxical motions. Why does it bring down the Zion? Well, we say every day, Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad, indeed. But the Zayar explicitly says that Shem Hashem, Shem Yudke Vavke, and Shem Alekim are Chad. In other words, Shema Yisrael, according to some interpretations, also indicates that. But it's an interpretation. For example, it's not a literal interpretation. If you'll take a look at Rashi's interpretation, you know what Rashi says on Shema Yisrael? Do you remember? Rashi says in Parshas Veschanan, Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad is actually reminding the Jew every day about Mashiach. Shema Yisrael, hear, O Israel. Hashem Alekeinu, the God who is today only our God, one day Hashem Echad will be the one God who is universal. That's how Rashi learns the literal interpretation. Shema Yisrael, Hashem who is Alekeinu, it's only for Anshe Shlomayni, it's only for, for the Haimersha, for the Haimersha Eilam, yeah? One day, the ultimate ideal of the world is Hashem Echad. It's the entire universe. People don't know that this is the meaning of Shema Yisrael. This is the literal meaning. The literal meaning, Rashi says, huh? now you know. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a fascinating pirish, right? This is, Rashi says, This is the literal interpretation. That every day when a Jew says Shema Yisrael, he has to understand that uh, the ultimate truth will encompasses all of existence, all of the Jewish people, and also all of the non-Jewish people, and all of humanity, and all of civilization, and really the entire world, as the Pasuk says in Yeshaya. The glory of Hashem will be revealed, and all the flesh will see that the mouth of Hashem utters, meaning that the world is divine energy. So the Zoyar explicitly gives this interpretation that Hashem and Elikim are one. That's why he quotes it from the Zoyar. That was a good question. Thank you. This they sing every day by Mizmala Saida. You know why? Moshe Shia Shina introduced it. Because he went to visit Shalmar de Kharabah, he would go to visit every week Shalmar de Kharabashkin in jail. And when he davened in jail for eight years, he always sang this by Mizmal Asaida. So he brought back the niggin to this minion. So the beginning of the answer, the beginning of the explanation is that for my flesh I perceive Hashem, the Pasuk says. Because Nasa Adam Bitsalmenu could Mesenu, a person is created in Hashem's image. By a person too, we have these two forces, these two faculties, two Kaiches, what he calls Kaiches Anafish. Kaiach Agili and Kaiach Agbala. Right? The power to express and the power to limit. For example, he gives an example of Kaiach Asechel, the power of the mind. On one hand, every soul has what we call a Kaiach Amaskil the ability to generate a flow of awareness on any given topic that we put our mind to, and all of our brainstorms, ideas, and understanding essentially is a gilui, it's a manifestation of the kayach hamaskal, which allows us to experience a conscious thought. On the other hand, we also have a kayach hakbala, 
every logic, every seichel in the world must have a limitation with a point, with, with, with a uh, parameter saying, Ad poi savay, till here you come, and not more. Because any logic in that world, if it expands too much, if it has no limitations, ultimately it produces distorted and crooked ideas. And it's not true anymore. It loses its truth. It must have its limits. When you have conflicting ideas, and there's often conflicting ideas, and you have to come to what we call halacha, la sukeshmaitza, alibe de hilchisa, the terms of the term expression of chazal. You want to reach a verdict. If there's no parameters, if there's no hakbalas, if there's no limits, if there's no barricades around the svaris, you can never reach a verdict. When there's parameters, when there's limitation, then you could compare, you could see the pros, you could see the cons. This is true within the person himself or herself. It's equally true, and perhaps even more equally true, when there's a mashpia and a makabal, when there's a giver and a taker, a teacher and a student, a parent and a child, a mentor and a pupil, the mashpia, the giver, must limit, restrict, and conceal at least part of the idea or much of the idea in order for it to be able to be absorbed and received by the recipient. If there's no hakbalah, if he gives it the way it is, the pristine core of knowledge, the way it's in him, there's no recipient. He cannot receive anything. So he always has to limit the seichel and tailor it to the erech, to the, to the capacity and to the limits of the recipient. So just as he has to do it in himself, he has to do it also with the makabal. This kayach is not something different or opposite, really, from the Kayach HaGili. It's rooted in the same Kayach HaMaskel. He calls it Chesed and Gvura within the Kayach HaMaskel. The ability to express and the ability to conceal. And they're both essential for the Gilu itself. If the revelation itself doesn't have a limit, the revelation itself, its power is ultimately compromised. The same is true with Hashem. Quoting the Sefer Avodah HaKadosh, which is one of the fundamental works of Kabbalah, of the Middle Ages, that Eir Ein Soiv, the Eir of the Ein Soiv, is Shleimusa Dekul, it's the ultimate perfection. Kishem she'esh le'koyach be'bligvul, kach yesh le'koyach be'gvul, she'em toimah she'esh le'koyach be'bilti ba'gvul, ve'en le'koyach be'gvul atamachasa shleimusa. Just as the Ein Soiv, the infinite divine energy, has the power to express itself infinitely, it also has the ability to express itself in finiteness, which means the ability to not express itself, to curtail its expression. Because if you could say that he could only be bleakful, only infinite and not finite, ultimately you're taking away the shlemus. You're limiting him by the fact that he has to be unlimited. That's a limitation all its own. It's a type of, it's an interesting limitation. It's the limitation of I can't be limited, I can only be unlimited, I can only be infinite, but that's also a limitation. I'm limited by the fact that I can't be limited. I'm limited by the fact that I have to be everywhere, that I have to be infinite. An essential part of infinity is, true infinity includes the capacity to hold back, to create silence. And silence expresses the infinity as much as words express the infinity. Because the silence, the holding back, expresses the ability to be finite, to conceal, to restrict, or to not, to not express.
Sometimes you express the most by not expressing. If you express, you're already ruining it. By not expressing, you express sometimes much more than by expressing. So this is the case. So if this is the case, Shem Yudkei Vavke represents the Koyach of Bligvul. Or, Shem Elikim represents the Koyach of Gvul, which is Kalim. Since Shem Elikim is the Oyrein Soif, just like Shem Avaya, so the Zal Bezach, it's the same Ein Soif. It's just two different manifestations, two different expressions. So therefore, Shem Elikim never really conceals Shem Yudkei Vavke, because Ein Etzem, Master Al Etzem. The essence doesn't conceal the essence, like we have an alocha when you cover your head with your hand in Shulchan Aruch Simon Sadak Aleph. In Arachayim, it's not considered a head covering. Why? Because the hand and the head are one living organism, it's one etzem. Your friend's hand is different. Your sleeve, your garment, your cloak, a yamalka, a hat is different. It's not the same etzem of your head. But my hand and my head, my beer hand and my head, are one etzem. I physically, it's blocking it, but essentially, it's one entity. Even though it comes out in different ways, you can't compare a head to a hand. The manifestation is different, but in halacha we have this concept: ein etzem master al etzem. The etzem can't conceal itself. You can't conceal you. You could conceal the other, since elikim and the yudke vavke are the very same I. So even though elikim represents. The exact opposite notion of Yudkevovke. It's not a real Hester, it's not a real concealment. That's what he finishes the paragraph. Since Alekim is not an additional thing from outside, it's essential. It's the essence of the Ein Saif, as we said. Ein Saif includes the ability for Ein Saif and the ability for Saif, for Gvul. It doesn't really conceal on Avaya. The ain't etzem ma'ilam a master al etzem. Etzem doesn't eclipse etzem. V'zeod Avaya elakim kulechat, and that's the meaning in the Zoya that I shame Avaya and elakim are really one. They're both. They're all one. The shneim im atzmos seyrinsof. Both are the core of the oir of einsof. The einam hafchim klal. So even though we just explained the whole first section that they're paradoxes. He says, but the truth is, they're not paradoxes. Because Elohim is the etzem of Avaya, it's the same entity. It's the same main soif, so therefore, it's not really concealing Shem Avaya. This is the Nekuda of the explanation, but now it needs beer. What? It needs beer. We can hear the words, it's the same thing, so it's not really Milam. But Lepoil, we explained that the whole... If it's not Milan, then it's, it's, it's purposeless. The whole point of Elikim is to conceal. So he says, To understand this, to understand the explanation, It's still not understood. Very good. You tell me that when I put my hand on my head, I didn't conceal my head because it's my head. It's my head protruding through my hand. It's one etzim. So, Mela Shema Lekim, since that itself is the Oyrein Saif, it's not a separate thing. Oyrein Saif, the Oyr of Hashem, has the capacity for infinity and the capacity for infinity, for finiteness. So, therefore, Shema Lekim can't really conceal Shema Vaya. Why not? Because it is Shema Vaya. It's the same fabric, it's the same material. But we're saying here that Shema Lekim does conceal. 
It does do the job. It does filter the air. It does channel and restrict and conceal and curtail the air. So you're saying it's not real, but well, it's fake. So it's yes, Milam, it's not Milam. The Zoyer says, Avaya Velakim Kulachat. So I have a better idea. If it's one, don't call it Alakim. Say, Havaya, Vavaya, Kulachat. No, you're calling it Alakim. In other words, it accomplishes its mission to serve as Midas Atzimtzum, Midas Ahelim. If not, you wouldn't have it. In other words, it is Milam. And then you tell me it's not Milam because Einatzim Master Alatzim. What's the Havana? Achoinin Yuvan Alderich Mashal Benefeshad. Explain this, we go back to understand the way it is within the soul of a person. We see when it comes to a mentor, a mashpia, a giver, and a recipient, a student. When the student, his erech, meaning his level of understanding and experience is remote from the mentor. Sometimes a makabal and a mashpia, more or less, the same wavelength. But here we're talking about he or she is remote. When you have a great sage, a great chacham, it's now his responsibility or his privilege to give and share an idea to somebody who's a makabal a recipient, a student, but this person is cut in Beseichel. His level of understanding is very far, completely incomparable. Shaloi Be'erich means not on the same level. Incomparable to the Mashpia. Hine Be'echrech, it's necessary. Shamashpia Yitzamtzim V'yaylem Etzim Sichli V'chachmosoy Sheyesh Ba'adover HaMuskalahu V'lo Yegalolo Yirakmasha Be'erich The first thing the Mashpia has to do is, always, undergo, allow himself to undergo what's called a tzimtzum. He has to restrict and conceal. The core intensity of the idea and the wisdom in this particular subject, Dvar Muskal means any subject, and cannot reveal to the Makabal only that which is according to his erech, according to his capacity. Why? Explains it in beautiful words. If he reveals to him the full depth and the full breadth Two things. Every idea has its full depth and also its full breadth. There's a difference between oimek and reichav. The oimek is the depth of the idea. Like in physical space we understand there's going deep and then there's going wide. They're connected but they're not the same. But in ideas you have the same thing. You have the full depth of it and then you have the full breadth of it. The expansiveness of it. If he reveals to him the entire depth and the entire breadth What's going to happen? He says, Yisbalbel, his chushim, his, his mind, his faculties will just be completely confused. He won't know if he's coming. He won't know if he's going. The mashpia may feel that this is great. I'm giving him so much. You're not giving him anything. You're just confusing him. You're overwhelming him. And you're left with nothing. You're left with a confused child, a confused person. Because the confusion will cause him just to shut down. He won't be able to receive anything. 
It starts off with his openness to receive everything, and it ends off with just shutting down. You know when you just shut down? Huh? You know the experience. You just shut down. Because it's just not relatable. You give up hope on yourself, and you certainly give up hope on the idea. In school, sometimes people shut down already in second grade, in third grade. For the next 8, 10, 15 years, they're shut down. They shut down immediately. They just sit, yeah? <clears throat> That's why the great pedagogues used to have an expression, yeah. Where did that expression come from? In addition to boosting self-confidence... It's because the person shut down. He wasn't a w- he wasn't present anymore. <laughs> a young man wrote to me yesterday, punked yesterday, when he was a child. It became enshrined in his in his memory. He was washing his hands before bread by lunch, and one of the people there, one of the staff members, gave a scream and said, he "Gave a scream. His name was at the the He wanted to know if you're a complete shmata, complete rag, or half a rag." So uh, all of these types of expressions, very often people shut down and they don't receive anything. But here we're not talking about because of emotional assault or insensitivity, a different type of insensitivity. Sometimes it's intellectual insensitivity, meaning he's giving him so much so the person can't receive anything. What he has to do is he has to reveal to him an external ha'ara. External ha'ara means a certain dimension, a certain truth, a certain aspect that he has to, so to speak, retrieve from the full idea, present it briefly, but and Nimrits means briefly, concisely, according to the capacity of the macabre. Yeah. That's the Gemara says, At the end of Megillah. Even this is not enough. Even this idea, which is already not the full depth and breadth. It's only a it's an external ray. And it was already communicated with brevity. Because if you start with a whole arichis, that itself will cause him to get lost. Even this itself. He has to dress up and conceal in a mushal. A mushal means a metaphor, or a parable, or an illustration. The mushal is already a new type of tzimtzum, because it's completely alien from the nimshal, from the message you want to convey through the parable. And essentially it eclipses the idea. Just like a garment which covers something, a garment covers something. The garment is never made of that very entity. The garment is something else which is covering it. That's why it can cover it. You're wearing a shirt, you're wearing a jacket, you're wearing a hat, you're wearing pants. The same is true a marshal. Why do we give a marshal? Every good teacher, every skilled communicator uses illustrations. He says, Let's give, let me give a marshal, let me give a parable, let me give an illustration. What's the purpose of it? The purpose of it is the idea itself for the many a student remains abstract. It remains abstract. It's not relatable. His mind is not really absorbing it. What does the marshal do? The marshal brings it down. It concretizes it. It gives it a tangible manifestation about something that is relatable to his or her life. 
And that the way that the student could then access what is behind the marshal, what the marshal is representing, which is the nimshal. The marshal itself is a kisui. It's a helem. Because sometimes you just hear the, you hear the marshal, the parable, and you don't even know to go back to the nimshal. It's like a lavush that covers up that which is that which is under it. But it's only through the marshal that he will be able to grasp the nimshal, the message behind the parable, and understand it. Just like a garment, even though it's separate from the person wearing it, it has to match in size to the person wearing it. A proper lavush is suitable to the body that is dressed up in this lavush. The same is true, a good marshal, even though it's a lavush, it's a garment that eclipses the nimshal, but it's mechuvan. It matches the nimshal. The dimensions fit, so through the lavush, you could then go deeper into accessing that which is behind the garment. So from the marshal, he can grasp the nimshal. And this is what the Gemara says, A person should always teach his Talmud, his student, in a short way, in a concise way. Meaning, he should not reveal to him the full depth and breadth, the way he understands the idea, because that's not according to the capacity of the recipient. He has to find a concise, a brief way of communicating. means a short path. It shouldn't reveal and express the entire pnimius, the full intensity of the idea, not the full depth, not the full length, and not the full breadth. Only that which is relative to the world of the Mechabal, and that itself he communicates in brief words and concise words so that the person should be able to receive it. This means that a person's genius and understanding has very little to do with his skill as a communicator, as an educator. Because the skill of a communicator and an educator actually demands the opposite trend. It demands the koyach hatzimtzum, the koyach hahelem, the ability to know what not to say, how to hold back, how to take this idea and extract from it that which is relatable and could be absorbed by the student where if I reveal and I express everything the way it's in my mind, the entire idea in its full depth, even though it looks like I'm giving a lot, I'm actually not giving. I'm taking away because the person simply does not have the kalim, he doesn't have the capacity to reveal this. If I can't have a muscle, if I don't know how to bring it down and illustrate it once again, he may not have any access to it, even though the teacher may not need the muscle, the idea is clear for him. But he has to understand the world in which his student lives, and learn about that world, and appreciate it, and then know how do you communicate this truth into this world. For this, it requires two things. First of all, a deep knowledge of his world, and number two, a deep willingness to be able to communicate to that world, and then obviously number three, the skill to be able to translate from one world into a different world. And if one of these three are missing, you can't communicate. You can't really impart a higher state of awareness, a higher, deeper seichel. Whether you're dealing with a sugi and gemara, whether you're dealing with atoysus, 
whether you're dealing with a Maram Shifra Bakiva Eger, whether you're dealing with an Inyan in Ruchnius, or you're dealing with any truth in life, where the Mashpia wants to challenge, stimulate, and elevate the Makabal. First of all, you have to know that world. If you don't know that world, you don't know how to communicate to that world. How is he going to absorb it? Sometimes people speak and express themselves. They're trying to do the right thing. Nobody knows what is going on. And the worst is when the Makabal wants to, so therefore it's called Eretzachayin. He starts deceiving himself that he understands. But he really is completely clueless. Because there's no real honesty, not from the Mashpia, and not from the Makabal. This is about real, this is about honesty. And honesty means you have to know that world. You have to be willing to go into it. In other words, to come down from your high horse, so to speak. And then you have to have the skill, you have to have the ability to be able to do this. And when this is lacking, there's no real hashpa. There's no real, real communication. Of course, it's true on every level. It's also true with parents trying to educate children. When you speak to your child is what you're saying... And is what he hears you saying. It's not the same thing. What he hears you saying may not be what you're saying. Are you saying, are you speaking in a way that he can hear what you're trying to say? He or she can actually absorb what you're trying to say. So you say, yeah, but I said this and I meant this. You said it and you meant it, but the other person, for whatever reason, couldn't hear that. And therefore, what happened? You just lost them. You didn't communicate anything. You actually emphasized how much you don't understand them. And the alienation just became stronger. So sometimes giving actually creates distance. At least if you'd be quiet. You'd be quiet. But now that you're mashpia, now I completely don't get it. The alienation feels stronger. And it's not just knowing the skill. Sometimes I have to take the concept, put it into a marshal. And the marshal may be a long marshal, like a long story or a long illustration. And from the marshal, he may not get back to the nimshal. But that's his only way to access the nimshal. The message through the marshal, through the garment, which covers up on the marshal, but it's consistent and it's suitable to it. So from the marshal, I can come to the nimshal. That's what's all contained. And the Chazal said this, of course, in one line. That's what derech tzara meant. Derech tzara means not just don't give long, long speeches and sermons and shiurim. Do it brief. It represents something. Derech tzara means you want that the person at the end should be able to say, what did I just learn? What did I just learn? You know, somebody once told me when you speak, he says, stand up, tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them, then tell them what you told them and sit down. And if anything you want to say doesn't fit into those three agendas, then delete it. Delete it from the manuscript. It has to be contained, brief, sharp, concise. What was just said? What was said? If it doesn't have that kitzer, that summation, that brevity, that conciseness, it's not packaged in a way that the person could take it home, can take it with him home. Ultimately, that communication was lacking something, perhaps something essential. Mikal Makaim, nonetheless, nonetheless. How many teachers did you have like this? Okay. Thank you for the honesty. Does that include me? 
Mikal Makayim, nonetheless, Mashikas of Masha Omar, what the Gemara says, that Yilmud Latalmide Bederech Tzara, he should teach his Talmud Bederech Tzara, Eina Kavona. But now we come to the next. This doesn't mean This doesn't mean that you're giving him the garbage, you're giving him psilus, you're giving him the leftovers. You're not giving him your pnimius, the core of your truth. The Then Chazal wouldn't say, give it to him, but Then it's like you're giving something else. You're not giving what you know, you're giving something else. You're giving some compromised message. The objective of the short path is you're conveying the essential truth, but you're conveying it through the medium of brevity, of conciseness. The presentation is one that is relatable. <laughs> in a concealed way, in his message, in his sheer, in his presentation, in his speech, in his communication, whatever it is, in that hashpa, in that you had contained the full depth of the idea and the wisdom in this particular subject, Ella Shu Behelem Legamri, it's completely concealed. Behoyonim in the in the themes that he conveys, Ubidikduke Atoide Vikadoima Bazanelam Oimek Pnimius Vatsmius Hachmasibas. In Toyda you have what we call Dikduke Hatoida. Dikduke Hatoida means the small grammatical sway that Psukim or Maimari Chazal are conveyed. And when you analyze and dissect them, in them is concealed the full depth of the Chachmah. The classic example is the Mishnah. Mishnah When you study Mishnayis, which was taught to us by Rabbeinu HaKadosh, Rabbeinu HaKadosh is of course the name for Rabbi Yehuda HaNasi. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Judah, the prince, who is the editor of the Mishnayis. Mishnayis is one of the most extraordinary, extraordinary Examples and manifestations of this truth. Why? Rabbeinu HaKadosh was the repository, the receptacle of 1500 years of Teresh on every subject. Basically, every subject of Allah. The entire Torah Shabalpa, with all of its depth and all of the pilpulim, all of the conversations and the discussions, the full depth, the full length, and the full breadth, the greatest miracle of Mishnayis is its brevity. In three, four, five lines, he captured the summation of decades and centuries of intricate, nuanced, complicated, pilpul and discussion. And in the Mishnah, it's clear and it's extremely brief. Why? He wanted it should be able to be captured by everybody. It should be able to be absorbed by everybody. Yes, that's why it's a pity people today, a lot of people today neglected Mishnayis. They think Mishnayis is only for children. 
in fourth and fifth grade, it's a terrible mistake. Really, <laughs> Mishnayis is everything. The whole Gemara is the Mishnayis. And Mishnayis, the, 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 the uniqueness of Mishnayis is a six-year-old could learn it, a nine-year-old could learn it, a 12-year-old could learn it, a 40-year-old could learn it, a 90-year-old could learn it, a Gon Oilam could learn it, a, a child could learn it. Everybody understands a certain part of it, a certain dimension of it, but everything is there. The whole oimik of everything of Torah is there. That's the Mishnayis. And yet, it's very packaged. There's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end, and it's extremely brief. A Mishnah is usually mamish a few lines. Another Mishnah, another few lines. Sometimes it's a little longer, sometimes it's a little shorter. So he says, on one end, you look at the Mishnah, it's just very simple. It's a halacha, it's a case. It's usually a case and a verdict. Sometimes a case and one opinion, and another opinion, a third opinion. That's what it is, basically. A case and a verdict. Yeah? Or a question and a verdict. That's a case. A sukkah that is is above 30 or 40 feet. Yeah, what's the, what's the situation? She says, P'sula. Rabbi Yehuda Machshe. It's a case. And then a verdict. It's l'choyda, very, very kitzedek. And very simple. He says, L'fir kein, everybody could grasp it. Omnam be'emes, yesh beloshna mishnah, kol oimek oirech v'reichev p'nemiz v'atzmiz chachmos. But in the language of the mishnah, Rabbeinu HaKadosh contained the entire depth, length, and breadth of the p'nemiz, of the core and the essential wisdom. You look at a sugi of Gemara, and the Gemara will often have five or ten or twenty pages dissecting, analyzing, and deconstructing every single word of the Mishnah, and suddenly showing the whole kavan and the whole purpose of how the Mishnah was written. The Mishnah said it in one line, but the Gemara now goes and dissects every single word and shows that the Mishnah really, if you knew how to read the Mishnah and you knew how to take it apart, you find there all the Chachmah that's explained in the Gemara. Mm-hmm. This is an example. In a real communication of ideas, a real Mashpia knows how to put into the Hashpah the full depth of his It's just the full depth is concealed from the recipient for good reason. Because if he would say it the way it is, it would just be overwhelming and confusing. What is revealed is only that which he can take at this moment, which is only an external dimension of the light, which is according to his capacity and his kalim. And this capacity in the mashpia to be mitzamtzim comes from the fact that it's a koyach hamaskil, the koyach to generate all awareness in the subconscious of the soul has the equal capacity to tailor make it, to, to, to curtail it, to convey it. And this is the Yisoy, this is the fundamental aspect of Hashpah. Which is why all communication on all levels, to your child, to your grandchild, to yourself, <laughs> this is even to yourself, not only to somebody else, to your student, to a pupil, really to anybody, to your employees, to your employees, 
when you're making a how do you making a presentation at the board meeting? He's discussing here, obviously Torah, but it's true. He's just, it's true about as he says about every single hashpa. It's one of the greatest uh, challenges that people have to be able to really understand what it means to communicate. Because for many people, what communication is, you expressing your ideas. That's not communication. Express, it looks like it's coming. That's not communication. That's called self-expression. <laughs> Which is fine, gesundte hate. Everybody has the right to do that. But that's not hashpa. Hashpa is not my expression. Hashpa is the communication from one person into another person. Influence. To be able to influence. Not overpower. Not scream, not holler, not even speak softly, but actually to be able to, to make a dent, to make a mold, to change, to mentor somebody into something. And a real mashpia means he takes responsibility, or she takes responsibility for this person. How do I mentor this person? For this, you have to give equal thought to what you don't say as much as to what you say. Maybe more thought to what you don't say than what you say. Because what you say is simply an expression of what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're experiencing. What you don't say is an expression of your sensitivity to the other person's world. Now, this is not an easy thing. That's why hashpa always comes from a place of serenity, a place of love, a place of wholesomeness. When a person is angry, when a person is impulsive, when a person is, uh, is overwhelmed, when a person is anxious, this whole process can't even begin to happen. Because this is a process where you really have to be able to consider your own space and the other person's space and where you, you end and the other person begins. Loi hakapdan malamed, exactly. Loi hakapdan malamed, not only because you have to have patience, because the kapdan by definition is in a completely different mind space. And the one who's shy will never learn. Why? Because he's also in a space where he's not open to grow. If I ask this question, I might be made fun of, I might be mocked. Yeah. You have to gauge the ability, you have to gauge the, the space where the person is. So here again, we have this very intricate process of first of all, understanding who that person is. How do you even come up with the right muscle for the person? How do you come with the right muscle? What's a muscle for one person is a nimshal for another person. <laughs> Right? What is a garment for one person is already the truth of another for another person. It says that Shleim HaMelech spoke 3,000 Mishalim. So the Balatanya says from the Magid that every idea he had to cloak, in, not Pshat, it says in Novi Vayidaber Shloishas Alofim Mashal. Shleim King Solomon spoke 3,000 Mishalim. So the way the world learns it is that for everything he had so many stories and he had in his filing cabinets, right? Anecdotes, jokes, stories, illustrations, like the Dupin Magid, everything he has a Mashal. They once asked the Dubin Magad, how is it that you have a marshal for everything? He says, for this I'll give you a marshal. And Itake gave a marshal. You know what his marshal was, yeah? With the, with the target. There was one fellow and they saw that all the arrows hit the target. Every single one. He never missed the target. He always, he always got to that nucleus, to that center. How? Not one. He got the bullseye. Always touched, always hit the bullseye. How did he do it? So the man explained, you don't understand. You guys are foolish. You first make the target, the bullseye, and then you shoot the arrow. I don't do it that way. I first shoot the arrow. 
And then around the arrow, around the arrow, I draw the bullseye. I never fail. He says, I have Mishalim. Ichab Mishalim. And then around the muscle, I build an idea. Yeah. How does a person even know which muscle? For this, you have to understand the person's world. When we say world, it's not just intellectual world. That, of course, there's IQ and there's EQ. And we know that an emotional, emotional state of a person is as powerful, as important, if not much more, than their intellectual state. What are they even ready to hear? What could they hear? So you may have a profound truth. You convey it as is. You don't have. You, you lost the person. So the person, you have to know the person. Ah. So the world learns that Shleim HaMelech, he was the original Dubna Maggit. He had 3,000 metaphors. Who has 3,000 stories of alt three mices with Mishalim, with jokes, with anecdotes, with... And all the lawyer jokes, all the shvigar jokes, all the rabbi jokes, all the doctor jokes come from Shleim HaMelech. So the Alter Rebbe writes, the Balatanya writes, he's, the Maggit says it, Bekitzah, he explains, Shloshes Alofim Marshall means for every idea, he had 3,000 Mashallah. Meaning, his ideas were so profound, he couldn't convey them. So he found a Marshall to dress up the idea and convey it. The problem is the Marshall was too profound. So he found a Marshall for the Marshall. But that marshal was still too profound. The shloshes alof of marshal means that every seichel he had to bring down three thousand levels from his mind, so that the child should be able to understand it. And then, when you understood marshal three thousand, you can go back to understand marshal two thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine, and then marshal two nine nine eight, and marshal two nine nine seven, all the way back to marshal one. Ah, I got it. That's what the Balatanya explains, what communication is. It teaches you what communication is. Communication on all levels. So I have to push it, know the person. I have to be able to want to go there. And then I have to be able to have the skills to do it. <laughs> I have to be able to do I have to be able to have the capacity to do it. And what does it mean to do it? Not to give to throps a little breckle. That's not hashpa. Then you're just giving nothing. You're just giving, uh, you're giving shirayim. We don't want to give shirayim. We want to give the etzem. Shirayim means you give shirayim means leftovers. You give leftovers, which is very nice, but that's not real hashpa. Hashpa means you're giving everything. But how do you give it? You give it in a way that the person can contain it. In Mishnayis, Rabbi Nachman didn't hold anything back, but he gave it in a way that could be contained. In other words, the full etzem has to be contained and compressed and concealed inside the information, but it has to be contained, not revealed. Because if it's completely revealed, it becomes overwhelming. And you, uh, and you lose the person. Because you did not enter into the real space, into the real space of that person. Yeah. That's what he's going to say. That's what he's going to say. We'll continue. You'll see. Layardu Chachamim Lamad al Saif Daite, the Gemara Nairiv in Dafyid Gimel. This 
By the mayor. It says like Kavu Halacha Kamoisim Neshalayardu Chachamim Lamad Lachlu Chachamim Lamad Asayv Daita. Right? He was so full of oil, there was not enough Caleb. <laughs> they they never they didn't grasp the full das. It's a fascinating. Uh, it's even hard for us to understand. What does it mean? Why couldn't the mayor say what he means? But that's what the Gemara says. They didn't pass him like Reb Mayor because they couldn't understand what he was f- saying fully. They couldn't get to the Soivdaita. So they couldn't pass him like it. Obviously they understood. These were Tanoyim. <laughs> These were his Chavedim, the best, the Sanhedrin. But they knew they're not getting Soivdaita. They knew it. And therefore the Halacha wasn't like him. If they would have chapped Soivdaita, the Halacha would have been like him. It it, it, it it didn't make sense to them. Ultimately, didn't resonate. It's even hard for us to understand what that means. Like, <laughs> expre- explain. It teaches us something about the level of Havon of the Tanoim. We see a Svara in Gemara, it looks like, okay, a Svara ahead, a Svara ahead. No, anybody could say it. Same thing. You have to understand what that means, though. Over there, you have to understand more what it means. With Moshe and Rabbi Akiv. Chayda, yeah. Chayda is the Moshe. Yeah. Shirayim. Chabad lan nahagul ten shirayim. Teideja. Okay. Lan nahagul. Ata shemei lo. Mazer shirayim. Shirayim. My apa there was a, once a chassid from Poland came to the Rebbe Rashab, and at the end of the fabreng, and he went to take shirayim. So he told the minor shirayim is an nisht mezakas is an mechayev. Minor shirayim is an nisht mezakas and a mechayev. To be given. He said, "My shirayim are not just a privilege; they're an obligation. They will create an obligation, not only a privilege." This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.